Welcome to the Launch Your Live podcast, a show dedicated to providing you with daily, top-level, live video tips, tricks, and strategies to not only help you start, but also excel at live streaming. Here are your hosts, Christian Karashevitz and Jim Fuse. YouTube live streaming, also known as YouTube live, is an easy way that your business can reach your target audience in real time. Diana Gladney has been a YouTube streamer for over four years, and she helps entrepreneurs simplify the video creation process. On this episode, Jim Fuse and I will talk with her about how you can use YouTube to go live. So, Jim, I know we have a great guest on this week's episode. I think this is what, episode 33 of the Launch Your Live podcast. And I know we've talked a lot about the process for setting up live, why you should be using live, the types of live shows that you can create for your business. But I know on this episode, we want to delve into YouTube live. And I, I think a lot of people maybe consider Facebook maybe as, you know, what is actually going live. They might not actually think about YouTube. Isn't that right? Yeah, absolutely. And I think the other big thing that people forget, and I, I know Diana is going to talk about some of this is YouTube is actually the second biggest search engine after Google. And oh, by the way, it's owned by Google. And 92% of people search for a solution to their problem through Google before they go to things like Facebook. I mean, even when you think of how people behave, they don't sit there and like go in Facebook and search for things. But how many times do we sit there and search for a video that tells us how to do something? And so, you know, where live can be great is you're really getting a chance to build a community and YouTube keeps coming out with new things. Definitely something for a business owner to, to, uh, but but let's uh, let's get Diana on here because she's an amazing uh, young lady. At least I think she's young, um, and I, I've been very impressed uh, getting to to know her. And she took she took over Ecam's uh, channel one week, and that was really eye opening. A lot of the things that she did. So Diana, welcome. Oh, thank you so much, guys. It's such an honor to be here. So so Diana, you know we always like to know people's stories. So so tell us what got you started in this crazy world of YouTube where you're now, you know, looked at as one of the top, uh, you know, as far as I know, one of the top women, if not beyond, you know, just in general, people on YouTube and people come to you all the time for advice. What, what got you started in, in live streaming? I mean, it just, you know, because I think even when you listen to your story, it's not something that you would necessarily think that, that Diana Gladney would be like this live streamer. Right. <laughs> it's, uh, it's very interesting because I did not post like the first several videos uh, on a YouTube channel uh, back in 2016 with the intent of having a YouTube channel. It literally was just to host videos. And so when I hired my first coach, he told me I needed to get started in video. And I kind of, you know, we're on the phone and I'm kind of still looking at him sideways before on the phone. And I'm like, clearly, you don't know who I am. I don't take pictures. I don't know how like where I'm worried about the camera on my phone and take selfies selfie sticks were stupid and I'm like what the heck is you know all of this stuff but so like that was not my my jam um but back in 
you know, June of 2016, um, you know, I got started doing my first video because that same coach was like, if you're going to have a business, your business needs to have a voice. Podcasts are great. We're on a podcast right now. Um, you know, it's it's great to have a blog and all these great things and have a website and you should have those those different component components and mediums. But video is absolutely the way to do it. And he told me right then and there, you need to start doing video. So that was that first uh, initial thing. But, you know, what initially got me uh, started, like, was that that initial push from my coach was to be visible and get more exposure using um you know, just video as that, that medium that did other things that blogs can't do, your website can't do for you, that even though people have long-term listenerships for a podcast, even those still don't have the components that, you know, live video and just regular recorded video has. And so that, that was an initial push. Did you feel like you had to owe that fear of being on, on video? Was that, I mean, because I, I, I can imagine that, that face too, because I know even for me, I, at first I was like, well, why would I want to go live on video? Yeah. <laughs> uh, I mean, it's, yeah, and I agree with you too. The selfie sticks, I mean, I still, I still don't use them. I mean, I, right. I have to force myself to take take those pictures. I mean, I mean, Christian, you, you've been on, on live for a while too. Is that something that you were comfortable with? or? Um, I think I was actually, you know, and I think part of it though is it comes down to like sort of your background I guess I mean I, I was used to being in front of people and so I mm. thought that using live made a lot of sense now the I think the biggest hurdle for a lot of people for live video whether it's YouTube live Facebook live you know it really doesn't matter which platform I think it's the fact that you're broadcasting to essentially an empty room and for a lot of people that can be um, very uh, very tough you know to deal with because you know you're doing it and it's like well is this actually worth my time you know oh well there's no one here how do i keep myself going keep myself motivated for a lot of people though mm -hmm. that that i think is a real struggle there um you know i i didn't have a problem with it but you know you have to think about it like this i'm broadcasting to people you know don't don't expect i guess that like oh just because i watch a show someone else's live show that they're getting a lot of people to tune in as well because for the most part maybe they aren't but maybe they make it seem like they are. So I think, you know, I, I didn't have a problem with it for sure. Uh, you know, I, it wasn't it wasn't my go to thing. It, it took a while for me to want to do um, live video. And at that time, it would have been on my phone. And mm -hmm. so you're using the front facing camera. Those cameras back then were nothing of what, especially if you just had a mid, mid tier phone or even less than that. Mm -hmm. It was not the best experience ever. It was not the best camera ever. Uh, you could get lights that weren't all that great. And so we've made a lot of advancements in video that make the tech easier and better to do it now. But back then it was like really rough. <laughs> and so... Yeah. Mm -hmm. You know, it's like I was, I was definitely afraid to do it. You know, I always say I got the had the Whitney Houston lip sweat thing going on. You're nervous, <laughs> frustrated. You're just like, oh, man, I don't know what to do. You, the, the, your stomach is dropping and you don't know how how you look to other people. All you know is how you feel mm -hmm. while you're doing it, even though, you know, nobody's in the room, nobody's around. You probably picked a time when everybody left or you sent them away in the house. <laughs> so you <laughs> didn't have to worry about interruptions and stuff like that. But I can remember like my first live stream being to uh, Facebook and it was just all kinds of horribleness. Like when I finished that doing that live stream, I did not have any great feelings. So hopefully I can give some tips on for people that do go live to not have that same shared experience, which was horrible. Right. Yeah. 
Yeah. So, so, um, Diana, what, you know, what do we really mean when we talk about, you know, YouTube live? I mean, how is it different from say Facebook live or going live, you know, on your Facebook page or in a Facebook group? I mean, why should we care about YouTube live? Well, I think the thing is like as entrepreneurs, we have to be, uh, aware of how people behave on a platform. What are their social behaviors? And even as an entrepreneur, you can step outside of that frame and just really put on your customer or your consumer shoes. How you do Facebook is not the same way that in the same behaviors that you have when you go to uh, YouTube. And so Facebook and YouTube differ greatly because if we look at what we are initially thinking when we first log into Facebook, our social behaviors do not suggest that we're going to look for a video from a business or a company. We never care about what Google is doing this week. We never care about what Goodyear is up to this week. Like we don't care about what updates. If they're sharing something, it's because they paid for exposure and they paid to show up in your newsfeed or because you liked that page initially or something like that. And based on how you have notifications set up, like they're having to interrupt your process because initially when most people log into Facebook, what they're doing is trying to connect with their family and their friends. They're trying to see what groups that are specific to their interests or maybe because they paid for a service or a training and part of that is a Facebook group, then they're trying to get their money's worth going to participate and see what's what in that group. But initially when a person just logs in, they're not worried about video or live video. It's an interruption to their social behavior and they have to now decide do they want to watch this? And their watch time is nothing compared to YouTube. So when we slide over to the YouTube side of things, at the very top of the bars, like initially how a web page is designed will tell you a lot about how people receive and how they are uh, using that particular page. So when you log into Facebook, what are you seeing? A homepage, things that suggest for you to engage with people, a messenger or something like that. Um, if we are going over to YouTube, the very first things that you're seeing at the very top, I don't care if you're on mobile or on your desktop, or desktop, you're seeing the search bar because they want you to get exactly what you need. When people go to YouTube, their social behaviors is for them to start engaging with uh, a, something that's a, a pain point, something they have, are curious about or want to see. So they're finding you because they're searching for something and maybe you're covering that topic. So it's not an interruption there. There is no group. There is no... I mean, there are some other community things which we can probably get into later. But if you're live and you're covering a topic or something that they want to discuss, now they're interested. They're coming specifically for a specific thing. When you can start to show up for that using that search feature, that is a huge game changer when we're talking about, you know, people's social engagement and their social behaviors on YouTube live and versus that of like a Facebook live. Fantastic. Yeah. And I love the example, you're, you know, just how you're. Uh, explaining the interface for, you know, when someone logs into Facebook versus logging into YouTube, you know, and this is the thing, mm -hmm. I mean, I, I personally, I think that YouTube live makes the most sense, you know, because mm -hmm. people like you're not really inter So here's the thing, like when you're on YouTube, somebody goes to YouTube and they're searching for like, initially they're searching for a video, a tutorial or how to do mm -hmm. something, you know, or a documentary, whatever. So like they're going there and they're searching for that and they find something that's interesting and then what are they going to do? They're going to subscribe to your channel or they're going to like your video and so forth, you know? And so I'm on YouTube and I see something that really excites me 
or I'm interested in, at least, you know, they, they engage me, you know, so then I'm interested in subscribing to them. Well then, Hey, you decide you're going to do YouTube live. It seems like just a very natural progression because I've already liked your content because, Hey, you've done a good job of creating a video that, you know, engages your audience. Now moving into YouTube live makes a lot of sense. Um, Mm -hmm. so I think that that makes a lot of, you know, I, I love that example because yeah, when you go to Facebook, Facebook's going to be different in the fact that you have to fight against the newsfeed for the most part. People aren't thinking, Oh, I want to go watch video. That's what YouTube mm-hmm. is primarily for. Um, so, uh, so this next question I guess for you is, um, how do, how does YouTube live really differ from a Facebook live? Because when people talk YouTube or when they talk live streaming, if they're on Facebook, they're thinking, I, I hope they're thinking Facebook live on Facebook. <laughs> um, but you know, how does YouTube live really differ from a Facebook live? Like, are there any, you know, nuances, any certain little, you know, features that are only available on YouTube versus on Facebook? Um, mm. what, what's your take on that? I think the, the, the way that people choose to engage with the pl- platform tells you a lot about, um, what that platform is built to handle. And so when we're talking about Facebook live versus a YouTube live, YouTube is built for when you are going live, this is not going out to your family and friends. This is not going out to anybody other than the people that are one searching for that specific topic or that niche or something like that. And you're coming up in search while you're live. And maybe we can talk about later how that kind of works, but it's something about that topic or that niche or that specific genre of content that you're covering that YouTube starts suggesting that out whether you're live or you're catching the replay after the live is over. And then also they're sharing that out to the people that specifically clicked uh, that they're subscribed to your channel and they want to hear more of what you have to offer. You hit the like button on a page. We're not necessarily saying uh, that we care to always engage with what you're doing. There are so many other distractions uh, and so many other detractors from a Facebook live uh, type of feed. And so some of the nuances would be It is no distractions on YouTube unless you distract yourself. So unless you're, uh, you know, maybe got a a picture in picture or playing in the background and you're still searching for something else uh, or whatever the case, or you're looking at the related videos that are coming up on the sidebar or something, but there aren't any distractions. You're not getting notifications. This person sent you a message. This person uh, is inviting you to like their Facebook page. There are so many other things that are going on. Mm-hmm. on Facebook, those do not happen on YouTube. So if somebody comes, they know we're doing the Friday live, then they know there's no distractions unless you distract yourself. Again, you you slide over to Facebook live and your primary reason for signing in is distracting you from, let me see what this person is talking about on Facebook. Whereas the a business can and businesses do well uh, when they're talking about uh, live streaming and content there, but you have to fight against those other detractors. And they are also um, like you're having the like and the heart, but maybe some more reactions and emojis and stuff like that. But more people are more inclined to uh, watch from people that they know, like, and trust and people that they love. So if their cousin is showing the, uh, gender reveal in the backyard, because we're all at the time we're recording this, you know, we're still dealing with some, some levels of quarantine. Okay. Well, I want to see that gender reveal more than I want to see about, you know, Hey, here are some new Instagram changes that you need to know about because I can watch that later and I can skip through if I want to, because there's something more important that's tugging on my heart than 
that. And so that's some of the differences when we're talking about like nuances. Number one will absolutely have to be uh, the distractions. And then two, it's always an interruption to their initial social behavior on Facebook. And it's not bad. And it's not to say that it can't work or whatever, but we're also talking about watch time, um, which is not just how many views, because that can be misleading if you're not uh, aware of how to really check your statistics and your data. And you'll see all these many people clicked on it. But at the same time, it's like, it's not super helpful if they're constantly uh, being pulled away in one reason uh, or another. So, you know, there's just some different things about the nuances of, of how behaviors uh, interact or interrupt rather what that person chooses to interact with or not. That, I mean, I almost like want to just drop my mic right now because that was <laughs> that was amazing. I mean, it's funny. I never had really thought about that. So every time I hear something from you, I, I will say I learned something new and just the thought that, right, there's no, there's no distractions on YouTube unless you choose to be distracted. I mean, that's like, you should create a t-shirt, um, <laughs> but, but you're right. I mean, with Facebook, there's so many things going on and, and even why people come to it. I mean, my, my wife will even say like, you know, I don't like to watch videos that are more than a minute or two long on Facebook. Cause I'm just kind of there scrolling mm-hmm. and going through, but yeah, YouTube, you're going there with a purpose and and the fact that yes if i'm subscribed to your channel i'm telling youtube i want to see this they're not saying oh well i'm only going to show you some of diana's stuff mm-hmm. you know which facebook if i do want to see it i'm not always getting to see it that that that's an amazing amazing point and, and especially for a business right if this mm-hmm. is where they're trying to educate and engage with their audience this is yeah what a, what a great way to know that they're really going to see that stuff and not have that i wonder if mm-hmm. <laughs> absolutely it's and you know it's interesting just this past week i was going through uh replying to comments that, that were happening on some of some of the videos mm-hmm. and i saw that um like YouTube has this new feature called mentions where if somebody mentions your channel name about something, then they'll notify you. Mm-hmm. And I saw that this creator that has a quarter of a million subscribers, um, he was showing that he was hanging out with his daughter while she's playing on her tablet tablet. They're sitting back on the couch. And what I saw was my face blown up full screen on the TV. And he was like watching Diana Gladdy entree woman TV on YouTube while hanging out with my little one. That was like, like that's massive to me, not because of how many people, that person has subscribed to them, but because it lets you know how people's attention is more than just, again, like attention is the first one we always have to do when it comes to video content, especially live. But knowing that it's enough where somebody can full screen you on YouTube and that is their sole thing that they're focusing on. Again, when we contrast that on YouTube, uh, not YouTube, but on Facebook Live, Nobody did that. And this was a live stream that he was watching uh, from the Friday live stream. And so nobody does that on on Facebook unless you are specifically like logged into a group or something like that, where now this needs to dictate uh, and and take up more of, of your attention and you're taking notes kind of a thing. But more or less, you specifically logged in because you knew that content was going to be there. Whereas on YouTube, again, you create a pattern, you create a show, you create a system of people being able to trust that you'll be there and show up. Mm-hmm. They'll do that all on their own. You don't have to, you know, what I'm saying like that, that, that was huge to me. Wow. Yeah. That, you know, that, that would be amazing to have something like that. I mean, that's, and that, yeah, that's something I guess I didn't realize that they had started this whole mention feature and that that's a great way for people to, uh, well, I mean, I think that's the thing too, right? 
you can engage on YouTube. It, it's just, I think people don't always think of it mm-hmm. in the sense of being social, but that's another thing that YouTube's really been doing a lot of is this whole community building. Mm-hmm. And I think, uh, but you got to get the subscribers to really be able to get that community going. Mm-hmm. Yep. And you need the, uh, as far as the mentions feature goes, you do have to have, you know, here, here's the thing. If you don't have the subscribers, that feature will not work for you either. So, um, that that's a little interesting one, I guess, in a way. Like you can't mention somebody if your channel doesn't have the uh, a lot of number of subscribers to unlock the feature. But it would be nice to be able to mention people. I think. I mean, I think anyone should be able to mention anyone, um, regardless of if they have a certain number of channels or not, or subscribers or not. So I think now I could be wrong with this, but when it comes to that specific feature, I've been able to tag other people's channel that mm-hmm. didn't have a certain number of subscriberships. So I don't know if it's like the person that is initiating the tag has to have a certain number or what have you, but the community tab is more or less uh, where that's coming in, right. where that's a factor more or less or the stories. So I think it's more like based around the community tab and being able to do it that way. Cause you can always, you know, add somebody even in a comment and it'll show them and, and that's, it'll notify me. But uh, I think far as like you getting that, um, community tab and you do need to have like a thousand subscribers yes. to have that on your your youtube channel yeah the, and the mentions feature yeah so uh for example i can mention your channel for example because i have over a thousand subscribers on on my channels but if i'm on someone that doesn't have the thousand they can't for example put them in the title the description mm-hmm. um and whatnot like you you have to have the thousand subscribers to be able to do that which is it's kind of interesting gotcha. I, I don't really yeah. see i, I kind of think they're like hey if they want to step if they want to build community uh, they should allow everyone to mention another channel, for example. So I don't know. It's it's an interesting dynamic, I guess, that way. Um, yeah. So as far as like, so YouTube Live, I mean, we talked about, you know, the differences between YouTube Live and Facebook Live. But um, why, why should somebody uh, go live on YouTube? I mean, um, if I, you know, if I'm a business, I mean, I'm, I've got a lot of stuff on my plate. I mean, what, what are the, you know, are there a couple of key points you want to mention there, you know, about why someone should go live on YouTube or attempt to go live? Well, the thing is, like, as an entrepreneur, it's like you have to, one, know when you are creating content, what is the success rate of that as far as the discoverability? And I don't think that there is anything else that hits on discoverability like YouTube does. Even if you have, you could have a million people that like your Facebook page, you're still going to run into the same challenges as anybody else with a Facebook page. And so uh, furthermore, if you're paying for discoverability, which you can still pay for ads and you can pay for other things to get you more exposure on YouTube, but the difference is the willingness to discoverability. Now on YouTube, again, that top feature, that number one thing that you're gonna see that is like is meant to grab your attention is the search bar. The difference is if you own an RV company, for example, and you are creating content for um, not just people to come and buy and say, hey, we're located at such and such off the highway at exit 266 or whatever. It's not about that. It's about saying, here's the difference between this model and that model. And here's why most uh, people that have a family under four go with this one. And here's why people with a family over four people who are going to be in the, the RV are going over here. 
the value that that video content creates, you can literally make that same one on Facebook. But again, it's an interruptive of pattern for them to watch that video and people's social behavior is not for them to watch long form content. And I mean, long form comparative to Facebook, especially can be over five minutes because that is about as long as you're going to get for most people. Whereas on YouTube, you're looking at something that is double that, if not more. Furthermore, you don't have evergreen content. When you do a live stream on Facebook, it's there. And then at some point it'll get buried and they won't see it. And they specifically aren't searching for it unless it was something that they needed that you mentioned or you talked about that makes them want to go find that video. I had that happen to me where it was this one specific company. Uh, I remember them saying something and I'm like, I had to dig. It was the worst hmm. experience ever. Not because I'm a YouTube advocate or something, but literally just a person looking for information that I know they taught. It was horrific. It took me two days and I'm not kidding. It took me two days before I was able to search through, dig through the videos tab and find it to get to it. And that was a live streamed video. Whereas on YouTube, not only do you have the overall channel, like you can search on uh, for a content in general. So if you're this RV owner, if somebody's looking for a comparison, they're trying to figure out what tires should they buy. They're trying to figure out what um, what best place they should go to for servicing their, their RV or whatever the case is, you're going to get a better return on your investment of your time that you're already committing anyway for content creation because there is a willingness for discoverability on YouTube. Furthermore, that search feature that is not available on Facebook is available on YouTube. So you can go to somebody's specific channel and there is a search bar for that channel. Anything that mentions it or relates to that specific search phrase or word that you're putting in there, it will come up for that channel. So it makes it easier for people to digest your information. And YouTube is more a platform for evergreen content. You can do a search like I've done with clients and I'll we'll be comparing and seeing where they can fit in and come in and search and stuff like that. Mm -hmm. And I'm like, this this is a topic that's waiting to be um, refreshed because the search results come from videos that are two and three years old and then five and six years old. So that evergreen content is still getting views to this day that people created six years ago. That doesn't exist. And that's even if it's a live stream video. That, yeah, that's, that's really amazing when you think about it. And it's funny because, you know, I've really started to dig into YouTube a lot more over the last year. And I noticed like some of the channels I follow, they'll literally put a video out that's five to 10 minutes and in like less than 24 hours, I mean, they have tens of thousands, if not more views. Mm -hmm. You don't really see that happen on Facebook, even with people that we know are extremely popular. They, they're just not getting that that kind of uh, return on their time. Yep. I think that's a great point, by the way, you know, about find a trying to find stuff, for example, on Facebook. I'll tell you, for example, the other day, and this isn't even <laughs> just a live video. Um, friend of mine puts out, you know, a post every Monday and it's like, well, Hey, what are your big wins for the week? And I saw it and I left and I did something else and I went to go back to it and I literally could not find it. And it was the day mm -hmm. of that it was posted. I was going through their page. I was trying to do search. I was like, well, why am I not finding this? And what I literally had to do was message my friend. I was like, Hey, <laughs> I just saw your, you know, post that you just put up, but I'm like, I can't find it. And they sent, they were able to quickly send me a link because they knew exactly, you know, obviously they could see exactly what they had, but I just, I couldn't find it. It was really strange. Mm -hmm. Um, you know, and that's one unfortunate side to Facebook is that, um, 
it's hard to find content. I mean, people go there, you know, and they're not, mm-hmm. like you said, they're not looking just for live video. And even though Facebook has, you know, tried to make live video a little more prominent, it's still not top of mind for a lot of people. So as a business, if you're creating content, I mean, I personally think they should be using YouTube. I think they should be using YouTube and should have been using YouTube for years because, mm-hmm. you know, one thing YouTube has done, even though they haven't, even though Google got into search with Google Plus, um, for those who don't know Google Plus, yeah, it was it was a platform Google <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> launched. Um, I think it's it's been a few years since it's been gone, but like mm-hmm. you got a lot more out of it because like YouTube had a very specific purpose versus Facebook is trying to be a jack of all trades to right. everyone, and you know, and it's hard to actually surface a lot of that content. Um, mm-hmm. So okay, so next question for you, I guess, is so we talked about why you should go live on YouTube, but. Is there a reason you should not go live on YouTube? Because I mean, Jem, I know Jem and I are both really pro YouTube. I know you're pro YouTube, but is there are there any reasons you can think of why you should not go live on YouTube or why a business should not go live on YouTube? If your primary reason to go live on YouTube initially, especially when you haven't built built an audience, you're not currently, which I think all of us are, you know, building a, a deeper relationship with your audience. Um, if you're if you don't have any specific purpose behind what you're doing, you're just kind of doing it just for the sake of doing it, even though you're doing it quote unquote for your business, you're wasting your time. So there are there are absolutely times when I would suggest like that's not worthy of going live uh, simply because it's it's you're wasting your time. If like if you're just trying to sell something and all it is is one big advertisement, you're wasting your time. So it's like those things like I think it's more about the motive behind the why you're going live uh, and that that people that people can read you from a mile away. And even though it is online and you can try to be as personable as possible, people will be able to read you left from right. If that is all that you are there to do is to push your products and services on them. They didn't come there for that. So if you do not have an intentions uh, around building a community, building a deeper relationship with your community, yes, exposing them to your products and services and why they may or may not be best for them, and then also to provide value. If you're not having those reasons as to why you're going live, then you shouldn't be going live. And that's probably the same thing I would say on Facebook uh, as well. But yeah, that's one of the the core reasons uh, on YouTube because there are a few ways that you can actively communicate and directly talk to your people. And no one on YouTube being that um, in a real time, kind of a experience is going to be that live stream. And so if you are not, you're more about being self-serving versus service-centered, then don't bother wasting your time on YouTube live. Wow, great points. Um, and so w- our final question would be, what are some tips though for people to get started with YouTube as a business? I mean, a lot of them are are probably like, I, I don't even know where to start. I mean, obviously they could contact you, but uh, if they're not ready to, to make that investment, what, what's some other great ways for them to get started? I think that I think you can always get started with where you are, with who you are and what you have right now. Um, I think we create these um, just ridiculous 
requirements that people should have and literally the phone that that people have like we just had the new iphone come out google just released a new phone like the cameras on these freaking devices are insane and the fact that now you have software tools um, like filmic pro that will let you have clean Mm -hmm. hdmi coming out of the phone to take the icons off the screen so you're getting that amazing you know full hd or 4k video quality out of your phone like we we have no excuses anymore so it's really just about um, somebody getting started. Um, what would you need or, or what would you what should you have to get started? Really, I think the most important thing is going to be a, a good microphone system. And so you can get a good microphone like I'm using right now. It runs from anywhere from like 50 to $70. There are tons of uh, USB and XLR audio uh, sources you can plug it right into your phone. Um, but as far as the requirements, I think we just kind of create uh, these uh, these that are barriers that keep us from moving simply because we're, uh, you know, now experiencing some levels of fear around it. And so it really doesn't take much for you to get started other than just to hit the go live button. And Diana, would you say that um, when you're coming up with channel name, I mean, are there, are there things too? I mean, to your point, do we overthink it sometimes? I mean, you know, should we just like the channel is the name of our business, or our brand, uh, as opposed to getting like all like keyword stuffy, like we think that that's going to make people find our channel. I think we need to make it easy for people to find our channel. I think sometimes we get too entrepreneurial instead of just being personable. Um, when If I didn't have my channel have some association with my name, Entree Woman TV is a, is a, a brand name that I made up that's important to me. Otherwise, it's a, a made up word that you'll never find in the dictionary. But you can find Diana Gladney everywhere from business card to online to wherever. Like you can find that there. And so I included my name because you aren't going to remember Entree Woman TV. You are probably not going to remember how to pronounce it. <laughs> so it's like, but people will remember at least my name. And that's an, in enough uh, video content, interviews or whatever that you're going to see me show up. And so I made it that way so that it's easy for people. So if you're an entrepreneur, maybe you have bluetires.com. I don't, don't go there because I don't know who it belongs to. But if you own like a tire shop. And that's something, make it easy for people to find you. So yeah, you could say, this is bluetires.com with Jim and Chris or with your first and last name. So that either way, whether they're searching for your brand or whether they're searching for your name, that people are able to find you. So yes, maybe have the brand, but you're also like the brand always has a personality. That's why brands like Progressive are um, doing amazing jobs because they have flow. If you don't like progressive or if you didn't know who they were, they make it very, very easy to remember and to have a personality, some kind of vibe associated with the brand by creating a fake person called Flow. So, you know, her face, you know what her hair looks like, you know, her her, you know, personality and stuff like that. So your channel also has to have that as well. More or less that being you are somebody that's going to be the personality for the channel. So I wouldn't say hide behind your logo, hide black still. Yeah, you need to show up as well as your brand information. So if you're naming your channel, I will always recommend you can have it the channel's name or the or the company's name being your company and it's like with your first and last name or something like that. So however they search, they're able to find you. Great points. <laughs> um and I have one I I also have just one quick question I guess and it's regarding strategy because you mentioned this earlier. Um you mentioned how if somebody is just going to post a video, for example, and they, they really don't have the audience or they don't have, I'd say, a strategy, really, um, mm-hmm. 
we, Jim and I always talk about how it's important to have a strategy. And so I don't know if you have any tips to help people who don't have a strategy, who've kind of just started. I mean, it's great. They started making videos, but you do need to have a strategy. Do you have any tips that you can share um, with, with listeners or viewers? Yeah. And so to give some people some relief, I think that you can start to understand how you can marry the marketing and exposure of your business to your already existing business plan. You already have some type of advertising and marketing structure and budget and things like that. You now are just incorporating and you're sharing that with YouTube. If you can put your mindset around that, then that can start to help people a lot with how they can start gaining exposure. And if you look on your website more often, Often than not, you have a frequently asked questions page. If you type any of those questions or somewhere about those phrases into YouTube, you are seeing results. Is your company coming up as one of those results? If the answer is no, you need to now realize that that's a video topic that you can start creating content on. If there is a follow-up question to like, what's the best tire for RV model X, Y, whatever, it's some, something popular. Okay, fantastic. Here's the tire that you can say like, these are great for this. You probably shouldn't buy these if you're in this kind of climate. These are not winter tires. These are not gonna be great for this, but these are otherwise great, you know, all-purpose tires for these kind of environments. And if you are looking for a winter performance tire, if you're gonna be in maybe colder air, Click on actually going to be tires that I suggest to people that come in the store that you can like. We are already answering these questions in our business. When people walk in the door or they're hitting up your chat or your customer service uh, email account, they're already asking questions. Now you can start pulling that data that you already have and start literally entering those in YouTube and start seeing like take yourself out of the seat of the creator and the entrepreneur and put yourself on the side of the person that's on the keyboard because that is who YouTube is creating content and they're structuring their algorithms around to best serve the person that's searching on the keyboard, not the creator. So if you can put yourself in those shoes, even if they describe it wrong or they say, what's the best winter tires for an RV? Don't try to correct them in making your title more scientifically correct or more branched. But, you know, like just say what they are saying and make your video topics around that. So even when you're live streaming, guess what? They now come to you as a trusted resource as covering that content because you're the person that is speaking to their pain points. So anytime you're talking about creating content as an entrepreneur, you always need to be creating it from the perspective of the perching. And if you're doing live video content, then you need to also discuss topics that are open-ended, not close-ended, which means if I ask you, uh, you know, is it cold or hot outside? I only gave you two options to respond of it being this, that. And so you'll probably pick whichever it's kind of closest to or what you think. Whereas if I say, is it, uh, do you think it's comfortable outside? That is more open to your interpretation to respond however you want. So when we're talking about YouTube live streams, if somebody, if you're asking them a question, make it something that is, uh, it has some curiosity around it. It it makes them want to, you know, kind of engage with it. So not saying is this tire better than this one kind of question. Let's say a new model came out, a new model RV. I don't know why I keep going back to this RV example. (laughs) You want to travel. Yeah, right. (laughs) (laughs) I'm ready to hit the road. (laughs) And so like, if that's your business, 
and a new RV just got announced. It kind of hits on all the things that most of your customers say that they want. I would say let's, you know, let's discuss the new model X, Y, and Z and how it compares to X and X, you know, most popular models. That's something that they're interested in covering that conversation because that's a question circling around in their brain. So strategies are very easy when it comes to creating content on YouTube simply because it's always from the perspective of the person that's searching. And then you, the creator, you're just being and putting yourself in the position to show up for that. Fantastic. Uh, So I want to thank Diana for joining us for episode 33 of the Launch Your Life podcast. Uh, So Diana, what's the best place if people want to get in touch with you, they have questions, they want to learn about RVs maybe a little bit, because I I actually, I picked up on that as well. So what's the best place for people to connect with you? Uh, You can go to dianagladney.com. You can connect with me there. Um, If you are an Instagrammer, you can hit me up at Diana Gladney, and then of course, on YouTube, put me in the search bar and it will come up. So um, I want to thank everyone for uh, for joining us, as I mentioned, for episode 33 of the Launch Your Live podcast, where we discussed how you can get started with live streaming using YouTube Live with Diana Gladney. For more information, head to launchyour.live forward slash EP33. We'll see you all on a future episode. And remember, if you need help with your live streaming, contact us for a consultation by messaging us on our Facebook page at Launch Your Live. Thanks a lot for joining us. Bye, everyone. We appreciate you joining us for this episode of the Launch Your Live podcast. Be sure to rate, review, and subscribe to the show on your favorite podcast platform. Also, visit launchyour.live for more resources based on today's topic as well as access to even more episodes that will help you level up your live videos. That's launchyour.live. So until next time, keep going live.